Hey there, Zlatko here. Welcome to What Is My Brain podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I get the opportunity to chat with fellow founders and business operators about their journey and how they got to where they are now, where they are going and how they're going to get there. I'm planning on bringing guests and touching on topics such as running multiple businesses, executing ideas, and just spitballing about random topics and current events. It's a casual conversation, and that will hopefully bring value to anyone that decides to listen. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in. Awesome. Um, James, thank you so much, man, for being on the podcast. The What Is My Brain podcast, that's what I'm calling it. I don't know how much I told you about it, but um, that's what I'm calling it because it's just thinking about the brain in different formats, whether it's business-related, personal life, mental health all of the things. So um, that's kind of the name behind it. And uh, I want to say thank you for jumping on. I know we had a chat previously when I was kind of getting this up and running again. So um, I'm going to leave it to you to kind of introduce yourself, what you do, and then uh, we can roll from there. So uh, thank you, man. Thank you for being on. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. I love the name, by the way. And before I explain who I am, who's the Wait till most I show you the branding. Who's the most interesting person's brain you've ever spoken to? You know, I am actually, um, I'm more intrigued. Uh, interesting brain has so many different, but like, I'm more intrigued about how people go from like the beginning, like an idea to actually do, let's, I'm going to speak on a very high level, like an Elon Musk, right? Somebody that can run like four different multi-billion dollar empires right there's a person like that and then there's the person where you go they're doing a day job and they're just tired all the time and they don't have energy for anything and it's like what does that come down to which like pieces of your brain are hitting is it the is it the dopamine is so high that you just can't let go or is the other person who's like really sad just in such a rut that they can't get out of it and do more for themselves or or like improve Mm -hmm. that right so that's kind of how i think about it so yeah i i don't know who the most interesting brain is but man, I hope I find out soon. Yeah, I think you will with this podcast, speaking to <laughs> many interesting people. Yeah. Um, but for, for me, I've gone through various different stages over the years. Um, sort of started out in my career, wanted to go into marketing for startups. I worked for B2B marketing agencies, had a bunch of fun there. I always wanted to run a business. I didn't quite know what that was going to be, but I wanted to be have control over my time, I wanted a team, uh, I wanted to have lots of money. And while I was working at the agency, I would be freelancing on the side. And that was sort of a little bit of extra side income, side hustles. That's when I discovered indie hackers. And right now I probably consider myself an indie hacker um, with lots of different projects. I left my last marketing full-time job uh, about just about a year ago now. And uh, most of my money is still from freelancing, focusing on podcasting. I've got a podcasting productized service called Podpanda. And then I have various other things that I do. Um, my m- other side project is a podcast called Indie Bites. Uh, I've met some amazing people through the Indie Bites podcast, where I speak to founders in 15-minute episodes, tell their stories. Some people have big indie business businesses. Others have these smaller ones. So sort of between three and 20k a month businesses. Lots of them are developers. Others have made courses and all sorts. And I'm inspired by people who 
strike out on their own to start a business or even work in a full-time job and doing a side hustle that is making a little bit of revenue and sort of speaking to them to find out how they did it and inspire others to do the same. So I do Indie Bites. Uh, I've just started another podcast with my friend Dan Rowden, who runs a portfolio of projects. He's another indie hacker where we speak about our projects, what we're working on, and we've got a nice little audience that now listens to that. Um, what else do I do? Does that go? Oh, yeah, and I, I hand make leather wallets in my spare time. Uh, yeah, I actually bought one. I'm still waiting the co- co- for the coaster to... Of course, yeah, she did. Um, thank you, thank you for ordering. That was my best week of sales ever for the handmade leather wallets. Hell yeah! I, Hell yeah! I, I sold seven to my friend who has a small indie company. He was like, "Yeah, I want to buy some branded wallets for the team. Will you do that?" And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." And so he bought seven of them. Then you swooped in with your order for the coasters, which I have shipped to you now. Uh, so thank you for that. And that's sort of my my way to get away from the screens and the idea of all this slack goes that i i have multiple different revenue streams all providing oh, yeah. for me and i have flexibility over my time and what i do and i definitely wouldn't go back to a full-time job oh man that makes me so happy i don't even know what to touch on you like you know when you just like zap, zap things a little bit and you just kept like hitting you like with those like points <laughs> of like how you're doing multiple things um first and foremost i want to ask you your marketing job when you were doing that, were you just doing that job or did you have other side things going on at the time? I was always doing things on the side. I okay. was always trying to And actually out making money. money. I understand doing things on the side, but were you actually like making like enough income where you're like, hey, I can take this to the next like level where I need to leave my job and yeah. then go full time? Or was it always like, hey, I like a little comfort, but I also liked a little bit of the side hustle? Yeah, definitely like the comfort. I've always spent a lot of money as well. So I liked having that monthly paycheck income coming in. Mm -hmm. So I had that baseline. And the money I was earning from my side projects wasn't that much. It was only uh, probably about 18 months ago, I started Indie Bytes and really started pushing my freelance services on the side, which um, enabled me to leave my job. Before then, it wasn't that much. It was very inconsistent. Uh, I didn't know really what I wanted to do so I was just doing video production on the side of my job because I knew I liked cameras I liked YouTube uh, I was getting better at it so yeah never never did earn enough really I, I, when I left my job conventional wisdom would say uh, either build up savings Mm-hmm. So you have runway or make sure that your income from your side projects is regularly making more than your salary. So then you leave and you just can continue as you go with that extra freedom and flexibility. Another note on that, you end up halving your income if you do that because you'll have your salary and also your side project income. So you might be used to having like a double income and then you halve it when you leave your job. So yep. it, there's never like a right or wrong answer of when you should leave your full time job. But I, um, I agree. I hundred percent agree. And I think, uh, I think the best things happen when you just, you just do it and you don't think about, I know it's, it's kind of crazy to think about Oh, people always say, well, where am I going to, cause they're so used to that comfort zone. Like I have a bunch of friends and I, and I talk about this a lot that, you know, they, everyone wants to start a business. Everyone thinks you start a business, you make all this money. And it's like, hmm. no, like it, it's really the opposite way. You're actually spending a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy, and to hear you say that you do multiple things, kind of taking it back, like, how did you 
So uh, obviously marketing, you did some side hustle, but when you actually want full, like, Hey, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to productize the podcast. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that and start splitting up your time like that. Do you feel like that's what drives you to continue to create more? Or do you look at it more so like, okay, I'm going to be good at like when I have, let's say, I don't know, five different streams of income that are bringing in like, I don't know, two to three thousand dollars a month or something like that. Like, what's your mind state? And is it it like continue building and hand it off and delegate it to other people and then kind of keep that rolling? Or do you want to like control everything and just only have like a set amount of things? Yeah, um, my perspective on this has sort of changed over time because uh, some people like going down the route of focusing on one thing um, and just that's fine. For me, I enjoy trying lots of different things and going where my interests take me and it Mm -hmm. also has the benefits of not being reliant on any one uh, income stream Uh, when I spoke to Daniel Vasalo who uh, is a strong proponent of having multiple revenue streams running multiple projects he has this thing called a portfolio of small bets um, where he just ha- does lots of different things. And I- I've always had loads of different interests. I've always wanted to try different things, different sports, different activities. I wanted to learn new things. It's always, m- my parents say, like, I go through these phases where I have like two or three months where I'll be really into something, whether that yep. be football, tennis, cycling, yep. and I'll like spend hours researching it, trying to get better, trying to learn. Uh, during COVID, I got really into cooking. I was like, okay, I need yeah. pots and pans. I need to figure out what nice recipes can I cook. And so, yeah, I, I've I've always had lots of interests. And actually now with the things that I'm doing to earn money, are me, uh, or is me being, uh, delving into those interests. So with the leather wallets, um, it's a fun thing, which is physical with my hands. I'm not too worried about how much money it earns because there's money coming in from other things, but it's a fun sandbox for me to Mm -hmm. learn new things. It's e-commerce. I've never really done much e-commerce before, but I can get better at product photography. Mm -hmm. I can understand and learn email marketing a bit better, how to run a consumer business, uh, which takes more social media. And so I get to try a lot of things because I'm not reliant on that to pay the bills and it makes right. it a lot more fun for me and I want my life to be fun. Exactly. I, I, uh, I use, I heard somebody say this, I can't take credit for it. I'm one of those people that burns really bright, but I don't burn really long. Uh, so meaning like, I like mm. the immediate, like what you said that you jump into like something for three months, but to me, it's like, it, it, I take it, I take that a little bit differently. Some people say, Oh, you start this and then you don't like, finish it but like finish what is finishing at this point like any product you build you can continue working on it any product you you know what i mean like right now you have your e-commerce store and you're selling let's say five different products sure you can go to 10 you can go to 20 you can go to 50 but maybe that's not what i want maybe this is this is my finish line for now and then i'll create another one when i feel like oh now i can go into more of this or whatever it is and i feel like a lot of people see things that like start and finish i don't really look at things that way like i like to put because i i feel like ideas derive from different ideas and when i put something on paper and say okay this is my next project i'll sleep on it and i'll be like oh that's like that's like sample size like i'm talking now like let's go a little bit bigger than than what we originally thought because now like things are processing way differently and you're thinking of differently about the problem so dude i love that i love that i feel like 
this entire podcast that I'm that I'm putting together and and doing is literally about talking to people, not only about running their businesses, but how they're doing multiple things. And the fact that you're in the same ballpark as me, where I like to just dive into so many different things and have my hands in so many different options is always a really, really nice way to like explore what sticks and what doesn't, because not everything's going to stick, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting you mentioned about you enjoying the starting phase and people i'm a builder man me, i like building like i like building so some people say i'm like a starter not finisher because i really enjoy that early stage so many of us really enjoy the early stage yeah and also the concept of finishing like of course there's no finish it's like when you set goals or things you want to achieve it's like when you get there is then what do you, right do you go for more and it's like you, you always want to strive towards this goal. And I, I set goals for myself. I want to achieve things. Of course. But if I can enjoy the journey of getting there, as cliche as it sounds like, oh, yeah. if I can enjoy the process of getting there, of playing, of experimenting with new things, then that's more important to me than just getting to the destination, getting to the finish, getting to that goal. Because once you get there, it's like, then what? Is, is it more... Exactly, exactly. And, uh, and and that's, that's literally, I mean, even just simply across like software, I'm like, oh, I need this tool, like we should go build this tool. And I sit there and I write up an entire scope document, like this is how it needs to work. This is how my brain works and all these other things. And sometimes we'll start those projects. And sometimes they never see the day, day of light. But there's times where I've looked back on things two years that I've talked about two years ago. And I come back and I was like, that is still relevant right now. We should work on that and then we'll start like working on it so no i i, I think uh the, the starting thing is is a huge piece for me and I, I absolutely love that um where would you say right now um as as we talk on a podcast and we're talking that you you know have a productized business and on podcasts like where do you see podcasts going in the next like five years from let's let's talk about it from um you know we had the early youtubes and now you have the people that are just like that's their day and, you know, day and night job, everything. But where do you see podcasting, like, let's say three to five years from now in terms of, let's say the revenue side, let's say the the, the growth side, what are some new ideas that you see coming about that are, you're like, that's super clever. Like, I, I'd love to know more because you've been obviously in this space a lot longer than me. I started yeah. and then never, never really continued going just because of all the, all the stuff I told you about. I'm hugely bullish on podcasting. Yeah. Uh, I think it's such a great format. Uh, you're seeing now everyone is starting podcasts everyone wants to have a podcast it's mm -hmm. such a wonderful way to connect with your audience with your friends with your customers with your clients people are doing internal podcasts people are experimenting with different formats so you have interview shows like this you have um different adaptations of interviews where you might have a narrative um section of it you have story driven podcasts you have original podcast agencies that are coming up just to produce uh, original podcasts like you would do a, a film studio so podcast studios uh, there's more infrastructure being built around that not only on the internet but in real life people making physical in-person podcast studios people buying microphones and we're still early in it Zacco. Mm -hmm. like there's covid there was a big boom in podcasts so it went from like one million podcasts to two million where people had time and they're like oh i'll start a podcast but 2 million versus how many YouTube channels there are there. I wish I had the number of YouTube channels, but it's still small. I think um, it's like, I think it's like uh, uh, upwards of like 30 million or something like that. 
It's hard. We're, we're, st- we're still early in podcasting. There's still so yeah. much opportunity. And whether it's good or bad podcasting, I don't know. But Spotify putting in a huge amount of investment, mm-hmm. and they still are. Two years ago, they bought two companies. They bought Gimlet, which is one of those podcast studios. Mm-hmm. They did the podcast Startup, which was very popular. They make like top-of-the-range podcasts in terms of production value. Then they bought Anchor, which is a podcast host, and they have a bunch of tools for producing podcasts. Uh, Spotify then uh, bought exclusive rights for the Jay Rogan show. They're now yeah. producing original shows, and so which Spotify- I think, I, which I think the Joe Rogan thing, and we could talk about that after uh-huh. you finish your thought, is a is a terrible deal. What for Joe Rogan or for Spotify? Uh, I think mostly for Joe Rogan. In all honesty, yeah. I mean, well, he went from being someone who is independent to now having a, a boss, a <laughs> record of, label, of, basically. Of his podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, w- w- when it gets to that amount of money, like how, how much does the amount really make a difference and the amount he was earning previously with podcasts and your question, where's podcast going to be in three to five years? We've got all this investment going into it. I've said it's such an amazing medium for people to communicate, uh, for people to have conversations. Uh, I can only see it growing. I can only see more people starting it. Uh, people are going to become more creative with how they're doing podcasts. Uh, I think a lot of a lot more people will have them, not only for sharing content with an audience, but for meeting new people. It's such a great medium for messaging someone and having a conversation like this. We would never have had this conversation if the podcast as a medium did not facilitate it. So I think exactly. more people will have it. The technology is going to advance. If Spotify are pushing it the way they are in terms of analytics, promotion, mm-hmm. growth... Uh, the one thing that podcasting does need to change or improve on is discovery. If you start a podcast, it's much like starting a business in the sense that you need to market it. You need to find right. the right audience um, for your show. It needs to deliver them some sort of value or some sort of entertainment and they have to to share it. You, you may need to use other marketing channels in order to grow it because it hasn't got that inbuilt discovery mechanism that say YouTube has. If you start a YouTube channel, you can start putting out good content, optimize it for SEO, share it with a few people. If the algorithm picks it up, you are onto a winner with podcasts and you just don't have that. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and where would you say, where would you say most of your um, like podcasts is it sponsorships? Is it like, where does that, where does most of your revenue there like come from? Or is it more on the product side? Yeah, no, for the podcast itself, so for Indie Bites and also for No More Mondays, uh, 95% of revenue is sponsors. Okay. And it's still... and how long did it take you to get to like the sponsor level to be able to? <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of people ask me that because I, I got a sponsor from episode one. Um, well, episode two, really. Uh, I, I think that, well, some people don't want sponsors for their show. They're like, oh, I don't know what level I can get to until I start charging. If you right. have an audience, however small, especially for those first few episodes, uh, you can get a sponsor if you want. Um, because those first episodes, as your podcasts grow, the value of that sponsor slot will increase because your podcast right. is growing. People are going to go through the backlog, listen to those previous episodes. Um, so uh, from the very start, I thought I wanted my podcast to be something I could monetize. I reached out to my friends or people in the industry who I thought the value that I was going to bring with the audience for Indie Bites 
they would be worthwhile sponsoring. So I reached out to my friend Charlie. I said, Charlie, you run a community of indie hackers. My podcast is going to be for indie hackers. If you want to come to an agreement, started off really cheap. I said, £25 to sponsor the, f- the first few episodes, and I'll give you a discount for life. He's right, like, yeah, sure. Right. Great. That's a good deal. Like, I can punt £25 on it. And as the podcast has grown, I've been slowly increasing my rates. And so now the podcast is £225 an episode. I get about 1,000 downloads an episode. Um, when people ask, like, how much should I charge? It depends. There is no standard. Right, uh, right. It, it, Which is fun, right? Like, because you could literally make up your own number and hopefully you, it's... You can make up your own number. It depends on the value they or the sponsor is going to get from that. Uh, how active are your audience in paying for things that, uh, that this, the sponsor has? Is it aligned? Like, if someone... Uh, my audience is a lot of indie hackers and developers. If someone was selling uh, football equipment, that probably wouldn't be the right sponsor for me. So I don't know how many of my audience are actually uh, playing football. But if, well, my current sponsor, Ahrefs, is an SEO tool which helps you grow and market your business. Right. All these indie hackers that are starting these side hustles, they want to grow it and uh, hrefs is a great tool to do so hrefs are spending 225 pound a slot if they just get one person through that the lifetime value is way more than 225 right so they've right, got a thousand right, people right. and only one person to convert and then it's paid off and positive roi i love it i love it no that that's really awesome man and, and congrats and did you when you were building up your podcast were you kind of going in with the framework like hey i'm actually gonna from the get-go structured this as like a revenue-driven thing? Or was it more so like, hey, I want to shoot this shit with people and see where it goes? It was. I always wanted to generate revenue from it. I wanted the podcast as a product to be great value for right. people listening. Uh, it's pretty well planned. I research guests a lot. Uh, I know what I want the guests to say. I know what I want to pull out of the episode. Sometimes I'll go down a rabbit hole and meander <laughs> through a conversation and uh, probe on a specific thing that I find interesting that I might not have prepped for research for. Uh, mm-hmm. but then it really comes into the editing process where I turn it into this finely tuned 15-minute episode that I know people are going to get a lot of value from. So yeah, I, I did think it was going to be something that is generating revenue. I also think it's a long-term game. That's why I'm doing the freelancing, the productizing on yeah. the side. Uh, because that is what's going to pay my bills for now while I build up the podcast. I need to be consistently producing those good episodes, working and growing it. As I say, it's like a business. A lot of work goes into a podcast in order to grow it. And so in the long term, I think it's going to be lucrative. There, there, there's other ways you can generate right. income from it. But like my, my, my focus in general is bringing value to the audience of and making sure that core product, that 15-minute episode is always free and always valuable to people. Uh, I want to make sure my sponsors are happy as well. So they're getting a good um, they're getting good access to the audience. My ad read's going to be not something that people want to skip. And also for the listeners, I want to make sure the sponsor is relevant and useful to them. I'm not just going to take any sponsor on. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no, that, that's really awesome, man. I, I appreciate you explaining that. So what, what would you, um, in, in terms of like the next, uh, so tell me, tell me all the things. So you have the, you have the leather, uh, brand, the e-commerce brand, 
have mm-hmm. the productized podcast uh, course, right? Is, is it a course? Is it a technical course? Oh, yeah, course the or... course. I can't believe I forgot about the course, Latko. <laughs> I've, uh, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that people have all the right tools. Again, uh, <laughs> make, make sure if anybody does want to start this, that they, like you sent me simply your little Notion page. And I was like, this is money. Like, we're doing yeah. this. You know, so I, I want to make sure that people have the same access, whether it's just going to your you know, website or reaching out to you, whatever yeah. that is. I love doing this website, by the way. Let, let, let me run through it in like a yeah. revenue order. So um, the one that makes the most revenue is my productized service, Podpanda. Okay, before, before you go down the rabbit hole, do top of revenue and then say how much time you spend on each other, because that's what I'm curious mm-hmm. about as well. Oh, I don't know that. I don't know. How just do like 10%, 15%. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. All right. Okay, so uh, my productized service makes the most revenue. It varies from month to month, so it's it's about three or four thousand pound a month, uh, and that is just basically freelancing packaged up. That's all it is. It's nothing much bigger. I do all the work still, uh, but it's nice where people can just go on and purchase an edit or purchase a starter plan if they want to. And I probably spend about fifty percent of my time on that. Um, it's what what you might refer to as work. Uh, and then it all goes into the fun stuff, the side projects. Uh, the next one is, in terms of revenue, is Indie Bytes. Uh, I've recently increased the price of sponsors, increased the frequency that I'm uploading episodes. It's now two a week for £225 an episode, so it's about £2,000 a month if I get two episodes out and if I get all sponsors for each of them paying that amount. There's differences in sometimes I offer discounts for people if they buy in bulk. But that probably, if I'm doing two a week, that's maybe another 20%. So what am I up to? I've spent 70%. Okay, cool. Uh, And then I've got No More Mondays. That's probably another 5% of time. But maybe, uh, how much revenue does that do? That's, it chops and changes again. And it's split revenue as well. So there's that, and then there's the wallets, which doesn't make that much revenue because I dip in in and out of it when I want. That's another 5%, what am I up to? 80%. Uh, My course, uh, and I've not put this in the monthly revenue things because it it was like a launch when it got its most revenue. It got $1,500, which is about just over a thousand pound. This is a course where I show people how to make a podcast in a less than a two-hour time commitment a week, um, and that doesn't take much time. Uh, but I think the more time I put into it, the more money I get out of it because that will be time spent for marketing and promotion, improving the course, re-engaging people that have bought it, maybe upselling them to the uh, the editing service if they want the podcast that they've created edited. Um, so I can't really put a time percentage on that. I've got 20% left. Can I, can, I, can I put 20% on doing just fun stuff, figuring stuff out, going and playing golf? And I was just about to say you're saving no time for fun shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've given myself a whole 20% for this. And uh, Zach, the That's what reason, you should be doing. The reason I am an indie hacker or an entrepreneur is to give me this freedom and flexibility so I can do the things that I enjoy. Part of that is family time, going and seeing my little baby niece who's coming up to a year and she's so cute and brilliant. And uh, I go and play tennis. I do tennis twice a week, uh, tennis coaching twice a week, and I love it. And I've recently discovered golf, and golf is just a brilliant, fun thing to do if I just want to get away from my screen, out of my office, 
um, or riding my motorbikes. Right? Great fun, just go and explore somewhere. Again, getting it. out of the, the flat and the having all of these projects which don't have a direct correlation to my time means that I can, whenever I want, go and do these fun things. Absolutely, absolutely. And and uh, in terms of kind of handling everything, because having all of those things requires obviously running the email side of things, running all this. Um, do you have a virtual assistant or anybody that helps you with this? No, I, I have considered it though. Um, a few people, uh, I'm part of a community called Weekend Club, which is how we met. Yeah. And uh, there's a few people who have been using virtual assistants, but I've not really thought of what I can use them for have, have you tried a virtual assistant before do you find them useful uh i have not i have not but i yeah i i haven't just because it's it's kind of at the point where i'm more of like building teams like i can handle my shit right like i can handle my own emails i can handle i know how to like minimize that as much as possible but at the same time like i kind of like mm. when i do things when i really need help like I look to maybe like build a team to like really do the work instead of just like, Hey, do a, B and C every single day or every single week. Cause like, I don't know. It's just, I haven't gotten to that point yet, I guess is my real answer is like, I don't really see a need like you, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting topic though. Cause I know a lot of people that once they get one, they're just like, Oh, this is everything I ever yeah. want and needed yeah. and you know, and all that stuff. So, yeah, well, I, I've recently installed rise into my laptop. Right. And this tracks basically everything you do much like I think toggle is another one or rest right. time is another one where it just sort of sits on your laptop and tracks all the apps you're doing, the amount of time you're spending on each one. And I've installed this to sort of see how much I was working, sort of where I was spending my time. And it was very interesting. I don't work nearly as much as I thought I did. Yeah, um, yeah. Like on average, amazing. maybe five, six hours a day. Some days it's like two hours where I'm just logging on and I'll look at it and it will just be Twitter or Slack um, where I'm just having conversations with people. So there's not a huge pressure on my time. Right. I don't have a great deal of emails. Uh, a lot of the products I service is automated. If I am doing stuff, it's on Twitter DMs and asking people to come on podcasts and doing prep and research. But it's all sort of when I want to do it. If like my ideal day is waking up at half five, I've yeah, realized I'm an early that. bird. Take, take, take that. Take my that. ideal day. Yeah. So waking up at half five, I realized I'm an early bird. Didn't think I was, but getting up at half five, I feel like I've got a superpower. I'm up before mm -hmm. everyone else shower, go to the gym and do my training. Great thing about going to the gym in the morning is you've already done it and then you don't have to worry about it for the rest of the day and it feels great. It like wakes you up and then by the time I get back after an hour at the gym, it's maybe 7 a.m. And then I've got two more hours before the rest of the world wakes up to start doing stuff. So sort of between 7 and let me say 10 or 11 a.m., I'm going to get some work done. Nice. Uh, whether it be client edits I've got to do, whether it's an indie bite edit I've got to do, whether it's organizing a few recordings. Um, and then by 11, I'm going to go out and enjoy something. I'm going to go to the driving range. I'm going to walk down into town and sit in a coffee shop and read a book. Um, I'm going to go and see my little niece. Um, I love going out at this sort of time because most other regular people are at work, so things aren't as busy. And then maybe I'll do that until, I don't know, 3 or 4 p.m.? Then I'll come back. I've done. I've already done four hours work at this point because I started right. at seven. 
I'll come back and do whatever else I need to do in the evening. Uh, maybe it. it's another two, three, four hours until six, seven, eight. I'm very lucky. Well, I'm lucky in this sense. I'm young, no kids, no wife. It's fine. I can work late if I want to. Um, and yeah, like it, things are winding down at that time in the rest of the world. And so I just get a little bit of work done. And then by 8 p.m., I'm having some dinner. Maybe I've ordered a delivery. Uh, and then I'll watch a bit of TV, a bit of Netflix, maybe watch a film, asleep by 10. Love it. Love it, man. Thank you for breaking that down. That's really, really helpful. Um, I'm I'm same way. I have a I have a dog and uh, I'm up, you know, five, five thirty in the morning, uh, go out on a walk, nobody else is out, just getting my nice cup of coffee. It's brilliant, this, isn't it? It's the best, man. I feel like people who w- don't wake up early miss out on so much and so much time. I feel like as goes like sort of. I, I hate get going out, going out and seeing just everybody out, and I'm like, oh man, don't that's like depressing. It, yeah. So it's just, uh, yeah, man. I, I love that. I'm, a, I'm same thing. Early bird. If I can, I'm, I'm also training myself to get up at like four thirty now. I'm like, let's get even a little it. bit, <laughs> a little bit earlier. Like, let's be up when it's dark still. So, um, but yeah, man, that that's that's really awesome. So, what what's the next project? You got your hands on anything else that you're looking to jump into? You're like, oh, this has been kind of brewing in the back of my mind. <laughs> I, I actually not. A great deal because over the past few years I've been starting new things and you know if if I have a idea uh, I'm gonna start exploring it or start it or build an MVP get some validation see if it's gonna work or maybe it's just something for fun to learn like the course I made that was an idea that I had two weeks later it was launched and making money that is a sort of time cadence that I'd like to do but where I've got these things that I've now built and they're launched and they're out there I feel like I've got a good base to build from Um, I don't think adding many more projects is going to help me a great deal Uh, I've got the podcast which I absolutely love doing I launched No More Mondays just over a month ago that's another podcast that I'm doing so I've got a lot of things and I feel that if I put some effort now into growing these Indie Bytes is like my baby. I feel it has potential. I want to work on it. I feel like the the, podca- uh, the podcast course, uh, it's nice revenue because uh, people pay one. Like I've built it once and people pay multiple times and I don't have to do much when that sale happens. And then with the wallets, I really enjoy doing them. And I like to get five, six, seven hundred pound a month from making these wallets. The only trouble with that is I then have to make them. There's materials involved. Yeah. It's not as profitable as some of the other things. I mean, one other thing that I've thought of doing is a productized service for making YouTube videos. So for a while, I made YouTube videos for Riverside.fm, built out a system for creating these videos pretty efficiently. And where I've got PodPanda, which is productized service for podcast editing i'm thinking of doing vidpanda which is a productized service for making these youtube videos for SaaS companies so if i was going to launch anything in the next few months it will probably be that but again that's just freelancing packaged up right that's amazing that's amazing um and in terms of in terms of just you know uh are you are you let me ask you this are you a football fan i am yeah 
Awesome. So how, uh, how often would you say that like, you just take time away to go? I mean, do you even take time to go like, all right, for two, three days, I'm not touching my computer. I'm not doing anything. Like do you go on spurts mm, like that. Mm, no. And like go to a game, you're like, I'm going to go, you know, into another city for a while, like just kind of well, just to, just time completely away from my, yeah. my laptop, my computer. Yeah, so just I, completely disconnect. Yeah. I, I need to do this more, a hundred percent, because I'm pretty much on seven days a week. And I thought about this in particular when burnt out towards the end of end of last year. I went away for a week with my sister, with my dad, with my sister's baby. And I just didn't touch anything for a week, completely disconnected, completely switched off. I came back a different person, completely. So much more energy, right? Felt amazing. And I had the sort of same thing. I worked too hard. I didn't take enough breaks for another three, four months. And I was just so tired and did a week away, disconnected from everything, came back, felt great. And I was thinking, maybe, maybe I need to set aside a few days uh, more regularly where I'm completely switched off from everything. Yeah. Where, um, but I, I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know, Zach, if you can give me some advice on how I can like get ahead of myself. So, uh, so like I've scheduled episodes, I've spoken to clients, and then I give myself the space for three or four days so I can maybe go on a motorbike trip somewhere or a golfing trip. And just switch yeah, off from everything. So I think that would help. I actually, I actually did this for the first time last year as well. I went through like a complete burnout stage, mm-hmm. um, just like mentally just drained. I, the the way I would describe that to people is I felt very like bleh, like empty. Hot, yeah, bleh. Yeah, good way. Like completely empty, right? And so I've been, I talked to my girlfriend and she was like, man, you need to just like step away. And I was like, yeah, I need to just go somewhere, be by the water, be by the, you know, by the beach just to relax. So I took my dog, I scheduled my, uh, I set myself an Airbnb down there. I went to Pismo beach. Um, it's just a nice little area where you could just be like, it's a little more homey town and you can just be on the water with your, like park your truck out there, be on the water. Um, and just not do anything. And I literally was there for like six days and I came back and it was the best time away that I had in terms of just completely, I didn't bring my laptop. I didn't do anything. I just brought my phone and my iPad so I could do some writing, but I did had no internet connection. I had none of that stuff. So it was, it was amazing. And I keep thinking to myself, like every year I want to try to take at least two weeks off like that, whether it's split, you know, maybe first six months, second six months type of thing but to just really fully disconnect and come back. Cause it was like, like you said, the energized and like, feel like you can just go a hundred miles an hour at like for the next like three months type of thing. Yeah. And we, we can sometimes fall in the trap because we enjoy doing our work. We enjoy doing but it's this still stuff. training. Yeah. A hundred percent still draining and waking up with that feeling of blur of, I don't want to work on the stuff that I'm excited about. Um, right. Uh, that I was thing. previously excited about that previously having so much fun doing is because of not having the breaks and disconnecting. Uh, I've just looked up Pismo Beach. It looks amazing. The thought of just being disconnected for a week again. I love the idea of it. I want to do it more regularly. I, I want to do it for more than twice a week. In the UK, 
we have a lot more holiday than you or, or if we're working we have like four or five weeks normal people get that um but since often indie entrepreneurs are sacrificing weekends because we want to work on our weekends just take more of that time where you can yeah. get away um I, i'm like contemplating how do i get a day or two every week where i'm just off completely disconnected so i can have that time to recover or refresh myself thinking about that week i did in spain with my dad and my sister it was just so lovely and i want to do that more yeah absolutely no that's that's exactly where i'm at and i feel like those are the those are the things like some people say like oh yeah you're you're doing what you love but even even happiness has its times of stress and and burnout mm. right like even that gets to a point where you're like i love what i'm doing but i'm been really doing it for a while and i need to step away so yeah i 100 yeah. agree uh, um, and also question, when, you, when you're monet, I, when you're monetizing stuff that you're you yeah. enjoy there are elements that m- mean it's not quite as 100 percent fun as if you were just doing it for fun so i love exactly. making podcasts i really do but when there is for clients and they have a specific they they want the edit done or it's building their equity and not mine i think oh it's not quite as enjoyable so there is an element of that exactly exactly so question for you should have probably uh in the beginning when you were chatting, what is your overall background? Were you always marketing or do you have like developer experience? Like what is your overall kind of starting stages? What got you into doing what you're doing? Yeah, it was marketing, just working at marketing agencies. Um, I was uh, a HubSpot partner for a while and I use, use HubSpot as that go. Uh, yeah. I helped on board B2B companies onto HubSpot for their marketing, for their sales enablement. Um, like it, it was fine. I, did some work for some cool companies. I got to go to Boston a few times to the HubSpot conference called Inbound. I yeah. met the founders of HubSpot, recorded podcasts with them. I think it's a great tool. Um, but I, I'm less interested in marketing now. Uh, it, it was it was quite uh, not worrying. It was yeah, it was definitely repetitive um, doing the marketing that I was doing. And doing it for other people as well. I wanted to explore, try new things, partly with the wallets. I'm I'm trying new marketing things. I'm trying yeah. different ways to to grow. And when you do marketing for other people, oh, it's just not as fun. Yeah, um, exactly. So I, exactly. I, I've thought about becoming more technical, but with the tools available to create businesses without being technical now, I've just thought I'm going to focus on what I'm good at and use those tools available to me and maybe help some of those more technical people or partner with a technical person if I want to build software. 100%. I love that, man. I love that. Um, cool. Well, I think uh, I think this was an uh, amazing episode one. I Again, I really appreciate you uh, being on. Well, I guess I should ask, do you any, anything else you want to chat about? Any questions, any concerns, emotional outbursts? Yeah, well, I, I was just <laughs> looking at this map of Pismo Beach, and I found yeah. something out the other day, Zachary, that... Uh, you, you have like state capitals, right? Right, right. Uh, and I was thinking, well, the state capital of um, of California must be like L.A. or San Francisco. It's Sacramento. Sacramento. Yeah, that's where that's where I li- I live, like fifteen minutes from Sacramento. What? Why is it Sacramento? What is? 
I, is it like more? I'm historic? not a history. I'm not a. I'm not. I think so, but I'm not a history buff at all. So I could. I honestly don't even know the history behind Sacramento. It's crazy. Like some people think, like that's insane. I'm like, I just don't give a shit. What, what's Sacramento like? Is it? Is it a nice place? Is it big? Is it? Yeah, it's it's a big. It's a pretty big uh, city overall. It's really up and coming because it's kind of the. It's it's a. It was a little bit more of like a hidden gem uh from a perspective of like you have the bay area which is you know silicon valley which is like two hours away and so people moved up to sacramento to for the cost of living housing is cheaper and all these other things so it's kind of started having like this migration to sacramento and now they're bringing in more places to like more restaurants more things to do on like a night basis for younger folks and all that and so that's actually bringing in a lot of people from from all over the place to come to sacramento and a lot of people are moving here especially when the pandemic happened i mean you were getting like a silicon valley salary in sacramento you're living like mm. a king you know what i mean so um there's a lot of people that just would come up here and buy the house 100 percent cash and just you know call it a deal type of thing so um but yeah it's 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 a good place i'm really happy about it i lived in la before this and so when mm. i came up here I just never went back. My girlfriend was up here. My family was up here. And I just started renting my apartment down on uh, Airbnb and started making money while being up here with my family. So it was amazing. So are you in Sacramento now then? Yep. How close to the city are you? Are you a little bit out? Are you? No, I mean, I'm literally like one town out, which is called uh, uh, Roseville, Rockland. Um, so that's literally like a 10, 15 minute drive to Sacramento. Okay. Okay. So yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah. Um, and you have some amazing national parks in uh, California, oh, yeah. right? Have you been yeah, to, we Yosemite to Yosemite? And... Yeah, I went yeah. to Yosemite last year oh. for my first time, actually. <laughs> actually, for real? Did you go? Did you see like El Capitan and the? We saw everything. Party? We wanted the most perfect, uh, perfect weather. Man, it was just amazing and we went all the way up where it's like eight thousand uh feet elevation um so you're like at the top of the top it was amazing it was absolutely amazing you drink a nice cold beer up there it, it, oh, it, it, it hits, so it hits differently it hits differently so good I, I i would love to go to california the national parks i want to go to san francisco and see if it's actually like how people say it is la just because i want to go there um i went to new york a couple of weeks ago i've been to new york a few times um but never made the trip across uh to the to the west coast i'd like to do like a road trip across yeah. america and let, let me just... know let me know if you ever come this way i will happily uh show you around wherever i can i've i've lived in la i've been to san francisco many different times so i can definitely give you my version of it and then you can kind of go explore on your own too absolutely man well um, america is just a it's a cool place. It's so vast. The difference, it's it's like multiple countries in one. In the yeah. UK, we've we've, yeah. we've not got much. I, I joke with people that in the UK, uh, you, you either go to London or you sort of just don't and you stay where you are. Whereas in, in America... Where are you? Got, where are you in? Are you in London? So interestingly, and I was thinking of talking about this during the meat and potatoes of the episode, but I moved out of london about well when covid happened i i, I was okay. living in london for five years loved it london as a city is amazing uh but i wanted a bit more space oh that was it we were talking about wanting or like waking up early and yeah. having space where not many people are, are about i wanted that like m- more 
and all of the time uh, and being able to go to places uh, in the middle of the day where there aren't many people I can have a, some peace and quiet uh, you just can't have that in London and also property prices in London were a lot more expensive if I moved out of London so I'm about an hour outside in the town I grew up in called Canterbury and there's just an ability to get a place so I've got my own little flat like I've got this room which I uh, is my office where I can work and then I've got my bedroom Amazing. it's just a much nicer place yeah, my girlfriend, my girlfriend and I are actually planning a trip at the end of this. Well, not to, like September time frame uh, to go to New York for a few days and then go to London um, because I really want to go watch Manchester City play. Man City's not in London. I know, I know, but I'm just saying like we want to go to London and then like kind of explore, just go get to the U- UK. But yeah. <laughs> okay, I see, I see what you mean. Okay, yeah, just see them and it gets a London team. Yeah, 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 ma'am. Yeah. Well, it, if you're in London, hit me up because yeah, live there, work there, love the city. I still try to go into London once a week or so because I'm only an hour out on the train. Um, there's a certain energy you get from cities uh, which I don't get here. Although right. I like the peace and quiet and the benefits that come with living out of the city. But sometimes I just want to go in there and feed off the energy, meet people that have ambition and uh, sort of thrive off that, go into different offices and just feel a bit more alive. Dude, I love that. That's that's literally the reason why I go to San Francisco. My girlfriend doesn't really care for it. She's like, I could do without. I was like, I just love (laughs) this energy. There's just people everywhere. You don't know who's doing what. Exactly. It's just a different, different vibe. And that's what I enjoyed about L.A., to be honest with you, like. I was in the Bay Area for a long time and it was very like tech focused. So everyone's kind of like got this day job, getting paid really well. But I was really after like the scrappy, like side hustling, like you talk to somebody and they're just like, oh yeah, I'm working at the Starbucks and then I'm also running a clothing Love company. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm also, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, that's what I like to hear. Like, that's what I want to be around. So that's literally kind of the, the the energy that always puts me at a place where I'm like, oh man, this is where I belong. So that's what I enjoyed about LA. That's kind of what I miss up here in Sacramento, but also like the last couple of years have been weird and I'm starting to see more like meetups and different things, things pop up. So I'm going to, I'm going to start being a little bit more, you know, into those, uh, into those little groups and see, see how that goes. But yeah, I, I miss that part of LA for sure. I know mm-hmm, exactly what mm-hmm. you mean. <laughs> yeah. Zach, do you, do you read books a lot? Uh, I'm more of an audiobook guy, like Audible and things like that. Very, very rarely. I'm more of like reading articles, not necessarily reading books. I love listening to books. Like <laughs> well, I'm listening most to business books, books are pretty much just an article. <laughs> they could have been an article. Right, <laughs> right, right. Which, uh, which, uh, why do you ask? Which book are you? Well, I, I was, I was sort of looking behind you, and I can see is that th- is that three books and an anchor. <laughs> Yeah, so I have uh, Clarity uh, by Jamie Smart. I don't know if you've read that. It's a really good book. No. The other one is uh, the Michelle Obama. That's my girlfriend's book. And then I have a, a Osho book up here as well. And then I also have Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer <laughs> Johnson as well. So I have a couple of different books up there. Um, but yeah, Atomic Habits, different things. I've read those books. Like I've actually like read those books. Have you read Atomic Habits? I love Atomic Habits. Yeah, that's. Pretty, I mean, that's one of those changing. books you need to reread like five times in yeah. your lifetime. It, you know? it lives up to the hype. But I, I asked about it partly because I sort of saw some books behind you and it's something I've got into recently and with the podcast about what is my brain, what is in my brain, I'm consuming knowledge from books and trying to learn stuff to, to make myself better. So I'm interested to see 
uh, or hear what people find interesting in books um, and have recommendations, things to read, whether people like fiction as well. How people consume not, it as well is also interesting. See, I'm not a I'm not a fiction guy. I'm like, give me like real life stuff. Give me like um, a little bit of the self help. I'm not like like huge on it. I mean, I like certain topics there. I'm more of a I like hearing about how people came about. I like seeing starting points, and I like seeing where they are now, and seeing the things that they had to go through. Like that's the kind of stuff I'm very much like documentary almost like based. I I love that kind of stuff. And then when yeah. it correlates to like the business side of things, I mean, that's like my, that's my, you know, five-star review right there. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that. Uh, yeah. And I'm the same, but I'm trying to do a bit more of escaping that and letting my mind go somewhere else. Right. Uh, I, right. I, I do, I, I do it more through watching films, to be honest, and yeah. TV series and just not thinking about work or improving myself and just getting lost in a story i love stories um but yeah i'm not a big fiction book guy i'm trying to are you a writer do you like do you produce blog posts newsletters all that stuff yeah yeah i think writing is like the most fundamental skill for anyone to learn being good at writing um being good at communicating through the written form because it is such a big part of our lives um and it's used in so many aspects of it and not just business uh when we're when we're dating and like trying to uh, communicate with um people we want to get with when we're like complaining about something or want to change something or whether we um oh man there's just so many different areas of our life we use writing and being able to communicate effectively when you're making plans with friends there's always that one person and that's probably because they can communicate in the written form very well exactly Um, uh, exactly I and love so, it. I'm I'm starting to do a lot more of that. So I'll make sure to run some stuff by you because I feel like uh you're you're in the same same uh hemisphere as I am in, in terms yeah. of like all the different projects and, and podcasts and all that stuff. So yeah. uh, I, I'd love to I'd love to kind of uh keep that rolling. But um yeah, James, I I really appreciate you being on first guest on the new podcast, man. Like I, I can't thank you enough for this. So I'll make sure to uh um let you know when everything gets is ready and and clips are ready and all that stuff and make sure you you have access to all of it and you can do whatever you want or you can just reshare it whatever you want to do my man good man well fantastic chatting to you all right cheers brother have a good one i'll chat with you soon cheerio well you made it to the end of the episode thank you so much for tuning into what is my brain podcast I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you got some value out of it. Make sure you hit the subscribe button or the follow button to get notified when new episodes are live. I'm out. Thank you.